Table Radio Season 2. Today's sermon is from our Big Table Gathering on Sunday, October 3rd. Enjoy! By the power of your Son, come to our Hi friends! Uh, this week we continue in our series about being together again. And we are in Romans chapter 13, verses 8 to 10. Let no debt remain outstanding, except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever commands there might be, are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. When Jacob and I were first married, we had a load of student debt. A huge, enormous load. And when we transitioned from being grad students into a nine-to-five existence, we had a grand total of two part-time jobs between the two of us. We weren't ever going to be able to pay back all the money we owed for our education. Worried about this fact, I would lay awake at night strategizing how we might squeeze out an extra couple hundred dollars just to help retire that debt faster. And if we ever did manage to squirrel up a little bit of extra money, I faced another challenge, going to the bank and convincing them to accept our payment. You see, debt companies don't want you to pay back the debt that you owe more quickly. They will do whatever they can to prevent you from making extra payments because they make their money on interest. So I'd go into the bank, and the staff would spend approximately an hour trying to figure out how to complete the transaction. Most of the time, it took no less than three people to help me complete the task, and often they would just encourage me to give up and leave. You see, no one usually makes extra payments, and banks do not expect people to retire their debt early. The system is not set up in a way to receive the payments we wish to give. In our passage this week, Paul explains that we owe a debt to one another. We owe each other the price of love. That is our obligation to each other as God's people, and our calling is to continue to make payments against this debt whenever we can. The debt can be paid to one another through kind words, prayers, listening to one another, cooking meals, a myriad of ways. But chiefly, we repay this debt by forgiving one another. Forgiveness is the hardest demonstration of love, but it is also the greatest payment on our debt. And God, in his wisdom, set up a system of law to help us make payments on this debt. He defines what is our obligation, what not to do, and what is our joy, what we can do towards each other. And he wants to assist us in making these payments because that is what is best for all of us. Following the law of love benefits us all if we all regularly contribute. And God wants to help us with this debt repayment plan. The law, as listed in the Old Testament, existed originally as a list of things you may or may not do to others. And Paul quotes here in this chapter portions of the Ten Commandments that have to do with our action towards other people. 
This is a reminder of the love that we owe. So love from the beginning of humanity was defined as not committing an offense against another person and instead choosing to do good to them. But in our culture today, we think of love as what we feel. We either have love for someone or we don't. We don't expect uh, our feelings to motivate us to do good if we don't have those feelings in the first place. If we do happen to have those feelings, those, we think, will push us towards doing good. What if our feelings don't inspire? If I don't feel like loving someone today, am I free from that obligation? And as we have learned throughout this pandemic, all our actions affect one another, often in ways we would like to ignore. We prefer to believe we are individual people with personal self-agency whose actions impact only ourselves. But we have learned in this season that whatever we do or don't do drastically affects the people around us. God has placed us in the world in such a way that we are connected to one another, for better or for worse. We cannot and should not avoid each other. And when we try to live disconnected from one another, it actually can harm us. Separation and isolation give birth to loneliness, depression, and deep sadness. We were made for human contact, but to do that on a daily basis, we need God's help. Previous to verse 8 in this chapter, Paul instructs us in verse 7 to pay back what you owe to everyone, whether it be taxes or money, respect or honor. And he links this idea to the debt of love. We have a never-ending debt to love one another. Our job to love others will never be completed. It is never off of our to-do list. The requirement to love continues as an ever-outstanding debt. Well, I wish I had known that before I'd gotten married <laughs> or had children or was an extrovert who loved to be around people. The demand to love is never finished. Paul says love fulfills the law, and for a faithful Jew, fulfilling the law was their life's calling. As Christians... Though we are no longer ruled by the law in the same way, we have pledged our obedience to Jesus. Obedience. Not the friendliest word, but when we are baptized and we pledge to become a follower of Jesus, we are pledged obedience to him. We agree to do life on his terms and not our own. So we are to love one another, always, every day, because that is how Jesus lived. And as we follow him, we are to do as he did. Jesus said, this is what all the law and the prophets depend upon. The whole law, all 613 laws given in the Old Testament. They can be summed up as love God and love your neighbor. And your neighbor is everyone on earth. And that's all the Ten Commandments ever were. A list of obligations or callings toward God and towards others. As far as it depends upon me, these are my responsibilities as a follower of Jesus. Don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't covet, etc. In other words, love one another. Do good to others around you. Don't wrongly impose yourself upon other people. Paul is talking about a prompt repayment, not allowing things to fester. 
Continue to make regular payments on the reoccurring debt of love that is owed. So go back to that bank day after day after day. And like the story of the Good Samaritan, our neighbor might be unknown to us, or they could be someone in our own family. It could be a person openly hostile to us. As Paul says earlier in chapter 12, we are called even to bless our persecutors, the people who actively seek to harm us, and we are still to do good to them also. This is a high and a hard calling. Recently, I've been learning a lot about my limits in this area. I had a bit of a season of burnout before the pandemic, and then I spent a year and a half with my children at home. (laughs) And I come from a long line of do-gooders and people-pleasers. But that is not the same as the call to love. Pleasing people is not the same as loving them. Sometimes loving people means saying no to the demands they put on you if they are being unreasonable or unlawful or unwise. Sometimes loving people is not engaging with their destructive patterns. We cannot love others by obeying them. We are called to obey Jesus. In their book, Boundaries, doctors Cloud and Townsend make the distinction between carrying an excess burden for someone else or just carrying our own weight a boulder or a backpack. Carrying a boulder for someone could break us. We weren't meant to shoulder all the hurts that that person carries. We can manage a backpack, but only our own. We can take on our own feelings, our attitudes and behaviors, the responsibilities God has given us, but we cannot carry the backpacks of other people. And loving others well means that we make that distinction. We are called to love specific individuals who we come into contact on a daily basis. Love must always be our guiding principle. But how that love gets acted upon may look different in different situations. Drawing on the love of God, our life's purpose to love others as best we can for the moment. And that love will be as flawed and as imperfect as we are, which is why the help of the Holy Spirit and the use of forgiveness will always be necessary. Before Jesus came, no one summed up Jewish law in this way. Loving a neighbor wasn't given any special prominence until he came along. This is precisely why Jesus had to come to earth. We were doing a really terrible job of loving each other, and we needed someone greater than ourselves to show us how it could be done. Because we, by our sin nature, we love ourselves. Sure, we all struggle with aspects of accepting who we are, but generally speaking, we are concerned with our own needs most of the time. If we need something, we get it for ourselves. Our desires take prominence in our day-to-day life in a very natural way. When Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself, He was asking us to transfer that same concern that we have for ourselves onto other people. The needs of others are as valid as my own, though we may not see or understand them. And the same deep concern we have for ourselves also applies to other people. A common question in our home is, how can I help you? Or, what do you need? 
recognizing that we have a duty to the people living in the same house to care for one another's needs is a way that we show love to each other. Now, the challenge to love becomes exponentially difficult as we become more and more different from one another. When someone has a different background than you, different values, different history, how can you love? Jesus says that he loves us, and we have very little in common with a first-century Jewish Messiah, but he loves us, and he helps us to love other people. While we were still sinners, Jesus loved us. People will never earn or deserve our love, just as we will never earn or deserve the love of God on our own strength, and yet we are called to give it. We continue to make payments on a debt that always remains, regardless of one another's performance or deservedness. As 21st century Christians and not 1st century Jews, we are not required to hold up all 613 injunctions of the Old Testament law. And that's a relief. The binding authority of the law as given under Moses no longer applies to us in the same way it did to our foremothers and forefathers. We are under a new law, which was summed up by Jesus, love your neighbor as yourself. Breaking this down, this means we try not to hurt one another, and we pledge to do good to each other as best we can. Not in a performative, an earning, or a striving kind of way, but in a way that extends the same care to you that I have for myself. Originally, the law was given to help define the parameters for living a faithful, godly life. It helped to guide God's people to know how to honor him and other people in the same way that rules help to define the parameters of a soccer game. But more than just rules to follow, Paul is agreeing here with Jesus that the essence of the law was always meant to be love. The closest example I can think of is adoption. When a child is adopted, as I was, the prospective parents make vows. They agree to a list of rules in front of a judge to be responsible for the welfare of another person. In this way, the law establishes both protection and obligation, the things you must not do and the things that you may do in order to be faithful to this relationship. The law is meant to keep us accountable to our commitments. Verse 10, love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Love does no harm to another. This is the most important. And especially this week as we mark the Truth and Reconciliation Week here in Canada, we recognize that harm has been done historically, to our Indigenous sisters and brothers. And our country must seek the way of repentance and forgiveness. We must also continue to not do harm as we move forward, whether at the beginning or end of the process. And when we consider individuals, we must do no harm to one another individually, whether at the beginning of life or the end of life giving up our own ambitions, we must place the welfare of others before our own and resist the temptation to harm others for our own personal gain. 
It is hard to codify love, to spell it out in a prescriptive kind of a way, but clearly this is necessary so that our efforts to love don't fail. We need God's help to know what love is and to actually know how to do it. Love is the only calling we will never complete. We pay into the debt of love daily to others and it never goes away. We need the Holy Spirit to do this. We could just be nice. That's fairly easy. But that is not the same thing as love. To intentionally love each person we encounter day to day is a challenge. How do I love the person who cut me off in traffic? The one who noses in front of me at the grocery store? The neighbor that always puts their trash bins in front of my house, not leaving room for mine? Love and forgiveness go hand in hand. That is the way it is with us and God, and that is the way it is with humanity the world over. If we have to wait for our emotions to lead us to love, we will fail. When God's law demands us to love, we are reminded of the debt God has forgiven us. And that gives us the grace to extend love to each other. He loved us in our sin. And that is the same condition we find in others when we try to love them. Drawing on the well of love Jesus has for us is the fuel we need to love each other. Each day I repay repay that debt of love out of the abundance of love God has bestowed on me. So I need to spend time in God's presence. I need to be loved by him so that I can then in turn go and love other people. Jesus is always our best example as we try to do this. While we were still sinners, he died for us. We were not deserving of the love Jesus chose to give us. But he fulfilled that debt once and for all, and we continue to reap the benefits day by day. He continues to extend himself to us again and again. He will not allow the debt of love to remain unfulfilled. He will always come and meet it. And he helps us to fulfill the debt of love that we owe to one another, if only we will ask. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, thank you for loving us in spite of our sinfulness, in spite of our unworthiness. Help us to love each other in the same way, without condition or requirement, but freely. And most importantly, Lord, help us to forgive one another so that love may increase. We pray that we would be your students of love throughout our lives and learn to love as you do more and more. Thank you for listening to Table Radio, an extension of the life of the Table Church, a community in Victoria, BC. Our mission together is to love God, love each other, and to love and bless our neighbors so that we may see Christ revealed in common life. Music for this episode provided by the Preparation EP, written and arranged by Coco Relieve, and can be found at thetablechurch.bandcamp.com. To learn more about our community, please go to tablechurch.ca.
Restore us to our right.